Welcome to the Make It Count podcast with Phil Degree and Jennifer Marray, where we'll share stories of how people triumph through the hard seasons in life and make it count. Hey, Phil, what's up? What's up? Making it count. I think that you've named the podcast Making It Count just so you can say it all the time. I think it's Make make It it count, Count, but we're making it count. I like that. It's make it count, but we're making it count. And right. today we are making it count with our guest, Terry. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jennifer. How are good. you? You know, you've, you've been on this journey with me. A long time. A long time. And we've been through a lot together, but kind of wanted to bring you on here. Our whole podcast is about um, triumphing through adversity and living every day after making it count. So would you like to, I'll open the floor and share your story. I know. Phil's going in blind, so he doesn't know anything. Um, but share your story with yeah, us. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll just talk about my kind of interactions with you when we first met and kind of go on from there. So we met 2014, 15 mm-hmm. time frame. Yep. I was looking to get in better shape to get pregnant and been married for about four years. And just we were at that stage in our relationship where we were ready for a, a baby. So I started working out at the gym you worked at and didn't know you very well. We don't talk about it. She didn't get cancer, did she? No, she did okay. not. <laughs> oh, because you got cancer. Because you gave me <laughs> Okay, I forgot that part. So I didn't, didn't know you very well, but I knew of you and your husband and um, not a lot of your backstory, but learned it along the way, I guess. And I ended up getting pregnant in that March of 2015, mm-hmm. I think, right around there. Um, baby was going to be due December 18th. And, um, I continued to work out and then during one of the sessions just didn't feel right and, um, went to check on the baby. Everything was fine. It was early on in the pregnancy. Um, pregnancy was going great during that summer in August, uh, 22 plus one, 22 weeks in one day, my water broke. And we don't know why. To this day, we still don't know why. Um, I was just getting ready for bed. And all of a sudden, it happened. And I um, screamed for my husband and said, we, we got to do something. I called my mother. My mother and I are very close. And I was like, we got to go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital. Um, we went to the ER initially, and they brought us to labor and delivery. Um, ended up seeing a nurse that we had known from my through my aunt for a very long time. So, um, sitting there just trying to figure out what happened, um, I got put on hospital bed rest. I could not get out of the bed for anything. Um, I had been there. The goal was to make it to twenty four weeks because that's what viability is. So we made it to 24 plus one and um, my placenta abrupted. Um, We were, I just kept, something was wrong. I kept knowing something was wrong all day. And finally my mom looked at me, she's like, what's something's wrong? And I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, Call Darren get Darren here. And, um, 
yeah, so then ended up, I was, the pain just kept getting worse and worse. It was about 3.30. My husband came, left work. He got there around 4.30 or 5. Pain just kept getting worse and worse. They, and then all of a sudden, everything just was coming. I, I couldn't bear with the pain. Um, we went to delivery. I heard the heartbeat. I heard his heartbeat right before, right before I pushed. And then he came out. I didn't know. We didn't know whether it was a boy or a girl. We didn't know any information. Just we were like, is he okay? Or is she okay? First, I think the question was, what is, what, is it a boy or a girl? Mm-hmm. Like somebody t- tell me something. And um, they had move the baby off to the side to try to um, make his lungs full and get him breathing. And, um, but it, it turned out that he, he didn't have enough amniotic fluid to help his lungs develop. And his lungs just weren't strong enough. So Oliver was born September 3rd, um, one pound, 16 ounces. Um, and we, we spent that evening with him. We had a family come. We had our best friends come with their cameras. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we had some amazing memories and photographs. And we got him baptized. And we just celebrated him and his existence for that short time. Um, we, we buried him a few days later. Um, in our family's plot. So it was, it was very special. We had lost my grandfather the year before. So he, um, he's buried with our grandfather, my grandfather. And um, I go see him every once in a while, but he's not there. Talk, talk about that. Um, I, I know a lot of, a lot of people, um, grave sites for me are just a, just a symbol. Um, I go there and I don't, I don't feel him there. I feel him everywhere. I feel him with me every day. Um, I have, I have a quote that I just, um, I'm living for him. My life, what I do and every choice that I make, I'm living for him. So, um, to move beyond the sad part of the story, um, Uh, a, a year later, his, his younger brother, Arthur, was born. Um, perfect in every way. In every way. Um, and um, the, I think the first year and a half of Arthur's life, I was um, very consumed with how I failed and how I was going to succeed with Arthur. So everything I did was focused on him. I had no focus on me, no focus on anything, just whatever Arthur needs, Arthur's going to get. So I lost me. I gained a lot of weight. I, um, I just was not taking care of myself. And it got to the point to where my, my one-year-old did not walk. He went from crawling to running, and I couldn't keep up with him. So I had come to see Jennifer with Arthur, one day when, when you were pregnant with Grayson Mm -hmm. and, um, 
was in July. It was in July. It was like the week or two before. The week or two oh, before. recent. So, uh, yeah. So Jennifer got me started on the at-home program, and I just I've continued with Triumph and just become more of a presence here in the Triumph community, yeah. I guess is the best way to say it. So. Hey, so my friends over at Hyundai of Metairie, Chris and Van, those guys uh, heard heard the podcast, heard what we're doing. They like what we're doing in the community. We're always giving back. I wanted to give them a shout out. They have something called the No Market Adjustment Pricing. Go over there. If you're in the market for a car, go see Chris. Tell them you heard it here on the Make It Count podcast. Hassle-free, no games. Just them being uh, fair and honest with you. Hyundai and Metairie. They're on Vets at Interstate. But what's crazy is, um, and I don't know if Terry remembers this, but the day um, I went for my ultrasound, um, I was texting Terry and I said, tell me your tell me your goals that you're looking to achieve, you know, trying to get her to feel good about herself. Cause, you know, and number three was I want to stop beating myself up about Allie. And that hit me right in the gut that day. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, like, she was, like, talking to me in that moment. And I, I, I sat with it for a little. And it was the morning of. I was, getting in the sh- I was getting dressed. I just got out the shower, ready to go to this appointment. And I really feel like that was Grayson talking to me, saying that, don't beat yourself up about this. Don't beat yourself up. Like, and our stories just resonated so much together. Like you, you literally held my hand through the worst time of my life and she was there. And I don't think I ever said on, when I shared my story that we never found the reason, like we did an autopsy for Grayson and there was no, nothing like it just happens, you know, and I had to be at peace with that anyways, you, but she's been a very, um, inspiration to me. So tell me a little bit about talk to the people out there that are listening that might be in that in-between of losing a child and trying to get pregnant, trying to conceive, conceive again. That is the hardest place to ever live. Um, because you're, you're sitting in, in those moments every day and you're finding out about people that are getting pregnant, people that are getting pre- pregnant accidentally. Oh, that's the worst. And it's, it's like, what, why, what, what did I do wrong? What, what did I do wrong? And, um, I just think one of, one of the things, I mean, it, it, so we, we had Ollie in September, September 3rd, and I, we found out we were pregnant in February, very early on. And the moment I found out, I was like, I'm telling, I'm telling everybody. I'm celebrating this baby. I'm finding everything out that I can. I will know if it's a boy or a girl. I will know when he will be delivered because I will have a C-section. I will do all of these things. So um, I think that that pregnancy was another hard time because it was a level of, is everything okay? Um, And it was... It was the ultimate freak out every day. Um, and it wasn't just me. It was my husband worrying about everything and my mother. And um, quotes are big. Quotes and songs are really big for me. 
um, one of the quotes that pretty much I told myself every day, and it was almost a mantra. Um, it was a quote Christopher Reeves had said after he was paralyzed. He said, when you choose hope, anything is possible. So it was like, all I can do is hope. I have no control. All I can do is hope and pray and just take care of myself. And you got that tattooed on your... I do. I do. I have both boys. Your tattoo's coming. Both boys' names and uh, Choose Hope is the quote between it. She had a good tattoo artist, too. Just saying. <laughs> the quotes that you, you sent me to help me. Um, but let's talk about the support system because that's been a common theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one thing you told me is you have to let Brett grieve differently. Yes. You have to. So talk, talk a little bit about the support system and how your mom grieved and how Darren grieved. And um, I, I remember the night we lost Ollie. And I remember looking at um, the deacon who married us actually came and, and baptized Ollie. And I remember looking at him and I was like, Darren's so angry. I need you to help him. And he just, he looked at me and he said, he's, he's going to be angry. Um, so Darren, Darren was, where Darren was angry, I was, um, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but I felt almost inspired knowing that I was living my life for this baby. Knowing that every decision I made Every, every friend that I encountered, every person I encountered, I wanted them to know about him. And I wanted them to know that he was a big part of who made me. But he was a big part of making me who I am today. So, um, That growth that goes in there. You and I do a lot of personal growth together. And we did it before. Um, it's, it's our jam. We really love it's, it. It's definitely been, been a lot more lately. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it was a big part of just coming into getting out of that full-on grief and learning in order to to escape that, you needed to become a better person, become a bigger person. Um, One of just going back to the support system and who um, the nurse at the hospital, she was my nurse every day. She would come and she would check on me and she looked pregnant, but it's one of those situations where you never want to ask, right? <laughs> yeah. So when the day after, when we were checking out of the hospital, she walked in and, and I was like, hey, and this is, I had lost my filter by then yeah. because it was just that. Yeah. <laughs> grief, grief was a very. Yeah, you can kind of say what you want. Grief was a very, like, I, I, I was very abrupt. I was very. Like sick jokes, like dark jokes, things like that. We were we were all in there. My mother was too, so it was it got a little heady. But um, so the nurse was sitting there, and she was like, "Well, this really sucks." And I was like, "It of course." Well, yeah. I'm gonna try not to curse. Hello, yeah. Captain. <laughs> right. Well, come to find out, she was pregnant with her. Rainbow baby, which is a baby that's born after a stillbirth, her son the previous year was stillborn. And she had continued being a nurse, living through this and creating this 
safe space for people who experienced loss. Mm. She's, I, I believe she's still at the hospital. She's their, their grief nurse. Yeah. I don't know what it's technically called, but in the maternity wow. ward. Was she there for me? She was. She was, yeah. I did, yeah, because I think our, I think this journey is a little different for, and maybe it's not. But I, and I called you because when I started sharing my story, people started kind of like, not flocking, but like they want, they want to, they want to be heard. They want to talk, you know, but it was hard for me. And I called Terry and I'm like, every time I'm walking through it with somebody. Live it again. I live it again. And it is some people I could and some people I couldn't. But it's, it's, it's very funny because I, I think one of the things about yours and my relationship when you lost Gratian. Grayson, excuse me, was I lived mine again, but I lived it through an, a set of eyes where I had already grieved it. Mm-hmm. So it was it was more almost intellectual mm-hmm. to where I was not looking at it's all my fault. I was looking more at okay, I know that's how I felt, but let's let's look more at the facts. And it was a lot of me walking you through was, I think, the people part part of it. Because people suck sometimes. Mm-hmm. I hope I can say that. You can, I, we don't have a filter on our podcast. But you people, can even curse if you people want. suck sometimes and they just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the words they want to say are not comforting. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have another baby. Well, okay, but I want this one. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just think people just, and I'm sure you experienced yeah. that with your journey quite a bit. Yeah, but I, I do think this is different, though. I mean, I think your journeys are different. I don't know. I just do. I'm <laughs> sitting here just like. Well, number one, you're a guy. <laughs> right, but I, I do. You know, because it's not just you. It's you and the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're the vessel. So I, I think it is different. And you lose and, and you right. lose a part so then, of yourself. Right. right. And then what does somebody say? Like, oh, you're going to have another one. Oh, what? Yeah. But then on the flip side, you lose a part of yourself. But, like, I would try to find these little things that would make me feel better. And I read somewhere that the blood, actually, because of the interaction between the placenta and the mother you keep a portion of their blood in you. So, like, I would look for little nuances yeah. like that. That would just kind of make me think, he's with me always. Yeah. So. so how are you, our whole podcast is making it count. How are you making it count every day after this? You said with Arthur, which you're an amazing mother. And, um, like, now that I have Avery and Addison, I, I get everything now. That's another thing that's humbled me is motherhood. Right, of um, course. But um, how are you making it count? Um, I, I think I'm just trying to be authentically me. Um, I've always gone through uh, middle child syndrome, people pleaser. I wanted everybody to be happy. I always kept my mouth shut. That, that doesn't happen as much anymore. Um, now I've, you've got no filter. I've definitely come more into my own, like, power, yeah. right? And, and it gets me in trouble, of course. But I, it, it always comes from a good place. Yeah. And there's always a good heart behind it. And that's, 
that's ultimately And if people don't know that, they don't have to be your friend. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, going through that personal development journey, I mean, you realize that it's the, one of the biggest things, what other people think of you is none of your business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, so it's kind of going through life. And I mean, I turned 40 last year and it's kind of just going through life. And Share that because I think Phil is going to love this. <laughs> Share what you did for your 40th birthday. Um, so one of the things I, I was decided to do when I turned 40 was I wanted to run a half marathon. Um, during last year, there was obviously not a lot of half marathons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually live along the Lake Ponch train in Metairie. Probably shouldn't say that, but it's okay. People are gonna stalk <laughs> you now, but whatever. Um, and I ran thirteen and a half miles. Nice. Or thirteen point one miles. I was gonna say that's more than half. Yeah. Well, it actually ended up being a little more than half because yeah. I mean you do it yourself, you don't know sometimes. Um my sister and my sister in law would like randomly pop up. They would track me and they would cheer me on and my that's nephew awesome. and my husband and my son and so yeah, we I did that last year. It was I, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's hot now. It is hot. So if you could leave, if somebody's going in the thick of it right now, um, either infertility, either just lost their baby, or maybe they just found out after they're having their rainbow baby, what would you tell them? Um, I would like to leave them with the quote that has gotten me through yeah. every life, everyday life. I promise to find hope through the heartache. To find joy through the sadness. To find strength through incredible weakness. To love even when it's hard. To live freely and bravely even when I'm scared. To make the most of my days. To live in a way I will make you proud. Always and forever. Love it. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I think one thing you said that kind of stuck out to me was that you came back to Jennifer for training advice. Um, authors running around you had kind of lost yourself you know we've talked on other episodes about you know you gotta you gotta take care of you before you can take care of somebody else you gotta take care of you before you could help other people you know yeah yeah it's a common theme that we're seeing that's how you that's how you get through tough times you gotta you have to focus on you and you have i mean it's i don't think that's selfish i don't i mean you could be obsessive with it and you know, you were all about Jennifer. I was. Yeah. Terry can say it. I know I had a long time. It took me, you know, 50 years to find humility. You know, so yeah. it's, but you have to, you know, kind of take care of you. Yeah. Find who you are. Find what's going to make you stronger to make it count for yeah. others. And you need to do that every single day. Yep. Yeah. So- Thanks, Terry. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope you found something that inspires you to make it count every day. You can follow us on social media at Make It Count.